hello and welcome to the sound of the start of a weekend, an EFL weekend specifically. This is the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show and it's sponsored by Betfair and it's me, Ali Maxwell and him, George Ellick, making betting picks ahead of a full slate across the three leagues. This podcast is for over 18s only and we want to make sure that everyone listening is gamble aware. Head to begambleaware.org to make sure that you're across all of the risks that come with gambling. Hello, George. Hello, Ali. Nice to see you. To see you nice. Uh, especially nice to see you after a positive weekend for both of us. Both of us in profit last weekend. Double nap winner. 3-0 and all. Stevenage getting the business done for both of us. That was nice to see. I was delighted to see Aaron Collins amongst the goals. Mm. You've got your next best up as well. But I didn't think that my pick of Doncaster to beat Newport on uh, game week two is going to be beaten in terms of the worst selections any podcast in the world, let alone our podcast, mm. uh, after they're beaten 4-0. But you managed to do it, so thank you very much. Uh, strong words. Look, mate, when you place a long shot, you know that it is a long shot. Um, however, when you say fairly bullishly that you believe Stockport to be quite clearly inferior to Wrexham based on the last few weeks of action, and you pick Wrexham to win and Elliot Lee to score, when it's 5-0... And like a really embarrassing 5-0 as well. Uh, it doesn't feel Seven great. Seven big chances for the <laughs> stock putman. And one long shot from Elliot Lee, which came off the crossbar. You know what's funny is that embarrassed me, but it wasn't as painful as the fact that our BTTS sixfold was one goal off, a Bristol City mm. goal off, which was my selection against Leicester. They didn't really get close. It means we were one goal away from a 26-1 to winner on top of the one that we got early on in the season. Absolutely gutted. Uh, but let's take the positives. Let's take confidence into this weekend. What's your best bet in the EFL? Well, it's interesting that we're talking about Stockport because they, having broken your hearts, they're my nap away at Accrington Stanley. And they are my next best. So it's ah, a double nap, nap next, next best. best. As they call it. I think that Accrington made a very good start to the season and I that is important to uh, appreciate and it was based on good performances rather than anything else and John Coleman deserves a lot of credit. However, I think we're starting to see evidence that maybe things are sliding a little bit. Our pre-season vibes on them wasn't particularly good looking at their games so far they've played the top three you know the, the teams currently uh, occupying first second and third they were beaten 3-1 by Notts County they were beaten 1-0 by Gillingham they were beaten 3-0 by Mansfield everybody else they played is currently 11th or lower last time we saw them they were beaten 2-0 by Tranmere so in terms of form in their last four games they've lost three and won one the one win came at home against Sutton who uh, up to that point, they only hadn't picked up uh, any points since opening day. Uh, they obviously got a point last time out against MK Dons. And now, when you consider the teams that they've beaten this season, Accrington, it is Sutton, propping up the whole of the Football League. Salford, who we're going to get onto a bit later, but are just not playing well at all. Accrington, who I still believe are one of the worst, poorest teams in the division, uh, despite their win last weekend against the aforementioned Salford. And then Newport on opening day, which, as we discussed many times, was quite a weird game. It was very end-to-end and Accrington came out on top. So I think their opposition has played a massive part in that. In Stockport, you've got a side that were first in our 1-24s, who, as I say, created seven. 
seven big chances against Wrexham and put five of them away. Um, they have won three games on the bounce. They've gone to MK Dons and AFC Wimbledon, two teams I think are superior to Accrington um, in September and they've beaten them both 2-1. I think with Dave Challen at the helm and you know a good continuity within the squad from last season with a couple of decent additions, namely Louis Barry, who is doing some pretty incredible stuff. Uh, Nick Powell also in the mix, although he hasn't had quite such a fast start as Barry, but certainly has some quality. It always felt like their slow start was just going to be a blip, and we're now starting to see them really hit their straps. Like I still think they are a massive runner to win this league. I still think they're possibly the best team in the division. It feels to me like there's a pretty clear Stockport, Mansfield, Wrexham, uh, Notts County four currently. Apologies to fans of the likes of Gillingham and others, but that's where I'm looking at it from. And at six to five, I think they are. They've got to be valued to to maintain a really good winning run and serve us kind of more evidence that Accrington's really good start was partly down to the level of the opposition they were playing. Yes, fair to say I agree with that. Stockport my next best as well. I, I feel it's only a matter of time before Stockport hits such a high rating with the bookies that it's going to be difficult to back them at all really. Look at the prices that Wrexham are going off, Notts County as well. It's not long until I think Stockport will be uh, amongst it. So here's a chance at six to five, maybe the last chance if uh, they are as good as, as we think they are. As, as good as we think they've been in the last few weeks. But there's also a slant on Aki here, and it's not just in terms of performances and results that you've uh, rightly brought up, but also what happened last weekend, where in training, uh, before the game against Tranmere, which they lost 2-0, in the words of John Coleman, they lost the heart of their midfield. That's Seamus Keneally and Liam Coyle. Both got injured, both missed last week, and the team didn't perform. Now, Coyle's out for a few weeks. Keneally's been called 50-50 for the weekend. So you have to think that's a big impact still in midfield against a really strong Stockport midfield with Crowsdale, Sarsevich, Collar uh, and other options uh, as well. Not only that, Jay Rich Bagaloo, probably their key centre-back. He got sent off and is suspended for this one. And the other defenders that Coleman has are mostly very, very young players. Uh, Kelvin Mello will probably come in for experience purposes, but if he plays right back, you'd fancy Louis Barry up against him, I must say. And not only that, they lost their goalkeeper too. Toby Savin was injured quite badly before half-time. Uh, I've seen reports that they're likely to have an emergency loan goalkeeper in before the weekend. We don't know who that will be, um, but... You know, it could, it could be anything, could be anyone really, it could be a positive or a negative really. So uh, without Keneally, without McConville, who's out long term, it's a really young team. And I do think they've dropped off from that strong start. So uh, Stockport certainly, for me, a good thing. Uh, six to five, my next best and your nap. Let me just tell you quickly about my nap. I'm afraid it's a Friday night game. So apologies yes. if anyone's listening to this on Saturday morning. I cannot, the early game. I cannot ignore... Sunderland at 11-8 against Sheffield Wednesday on Friday night. Live on the box at Hillsborough. Uh, I can't believe they're this price, to be honest. I don't know if the traders rate Sunderland lower than I rate Sunderland or perhaps rate Wednesday higher than I rate Wednesday or both. Uh, either way, I can't ignore this. In my opinion, Wednesday have shown next to nothing throughout the season but are possibly getting worse uh, based on performances, based on numerous reports from within the fan base, based on my... Reading of Cisco's media appearances, my opinion is that he has no grip whatsoever on this team, on this club. Now, that's not all on him because it's an owner that we don't think runs the club in a, in a way that gives managers the best chance to succeed. I think there's going to be a protest in the stands here, uh, an anti-Chanziri protest at Hillsborough. Uh, and because there's also no love for Cisco amongst the fan base, 
I just don't see this being the most supportive, uplifting atmosphere um, to take to the field against a, a Sunderland team who I expect to have some joy because I think they're hitting good levels this season. Uh, they won four out of five in the league before losing last week at home to Cardiff. And that was a pretty smashy and grabby win for Cardiff rather than a highly concerning Sunderland performances. Uh, if they get ahead here, I can see it spiralling. I can see them going 2-3-0 up. Um, they've won their last two away games and generally have been pretty good away from home in the last 18 months or so. So I expect Sunderland to win here. I'm absolutely delighted to be getting 11-8. to uh, That's my nap. What's your next best? Exeter are 11-10 to at home to Northampton. This is an interesting one because it's drifted over the course of the week. Like when I had a look on Monday, the early prices, they were kind of 4 to 5-ish and I, it, it, it drew my attention then. I watched them last week in their 3-0 defeat against Oxford, a game that all Oxford fans who watched the game left being pretty impressed with Exeter and what Gary Caldwell has done there. And I think it's important when you look at their season so far, the amount of players that they've lost, it's not just Brown, it's not just Nombe, you've got Key who left, you've got Collins who left. Like They've had the, the spine of their team really gutted. And I think Gary Caldwell's done an amazing job, not only to, to kind of maintain their level from last season, but actually take them on a bit further. I kind of assume they're in a bit of a false position. The underlying numbers, though, are pretty good and their performance was, was very good on Saturday. There are some caveats to this. Dimitri Mitchell has been their best player so far this season. He was their best player again on Saturday. He was sent off in the cup win in midweek again. And also that midweek uh, cup game may have taken its toll on them. But when you look at Northampton, who've played three away games this season, they've lost two of those against Port Vale and against Wigan. Um, they beat Cheltenham away from home 1-0, but I think that is fairly relevant form given that Basically, everyone apart from Pompey is beating Charlton every week at the moment. It's the minimum you'd expect. Um, and the underlying numbers at Northampton are a little bit alarming, I would say. So I just, I, yeah, I think the, the price that they were early in the week is kind of where I would have had them. I think they should be margin odds on, even if uh, Mitchell is out for this one. Um, I, you know, they're by no means a one-man team, I wouldn't say at all. They dominated possession against Oxford. I'm sure they dominate possession here and they should have it their own way. So um, at 11 to 10, I'm kind of riding the drift, I guess, with Exeter uh, to get the job done and beat, beat Northampton on, on Saturday. Alex on his surfboard this weekend, uh, riding the drift. Uh, a reminder that the Match Odds 90 market is Betfair's big offer this season. Uh, markets with the 90 icon apply to this. And Match Odds 90 basically means if the team you have bet on in the Match Odds 90 market is winning when the clock hits 90, uh, it'll be paid out as a winner no matter what happens in added time. There are terms and conditions for this. You should read them to make sure you understand exactly what the offer is before using it. Uh, Betfair's offer the Match Odds 90 market. Uh, let's go goal scorer. George, you go first. Yeah, I've got a goal score that I'm pretty excited about. Carl uh, McAllister is 9-2 to anytime to score for Forest Green at home to Morecambe. Starting with just why I think Forest Green players will score against Morecambe. Morecambe's away form is really bad. Uh, they've played three games. They've lost all three to Mansfield, Harrogate and Gillingham. They've scored one goal in that time. They've conceded seven. Um, they've been basically walloped in all three. And in Harrogate, especially, that's a side that I'm kind of looking to get against and, and really isn't particularly good form, despite their, their home form being, um, for the main, pretty good. Uh, Forest Green were much improved against Notts County last weekend in a 4-3 defeat. Troy Deeney has clearly offered something a bit different. Uh, Luke Williams, the Notts County head coach, was full of praise for, for Forest Green. And given the massive churn of players, given it's David Horseman's first managerial job, I think they are entitled to improve. And I think we're, we're probably going to see Forest Green start to improve over the next few weeks and pick up the points that, that, that maybe um, that 
uptick in performances will will yield. Um, I, they were kind of next on the list for me in terms of putting them up as a bet. I think they're even money at the moment to um, to, to beat Morecambe. But in Karl McAllister, you've got a player who is nominally a winger, like he's playing wide right for Forest Green. But if you look at any heat map or any position map um, of, of the positions that he's actually taking up, he's pretty much the most advanced player in Forest Green's side. And he's also not really playing particularly wide, like he's, he's kind of coming inside a lot. And when you look at the expected goals numbers, this is manifesting itself in having a lot of shots and quite deep, quite good chances as well. He has the highest XG value in the league so far this season for a player that hasn't scored. That's in League Two. And if you and he's got the same XG as Louis Barry over the season, who scored six goals, which kind of tells you probably all you need to know about the difference in their finishing ability. Um, but if you look at just September um, for total XG, he ranks uh, sixth. Um, in the last kind of, yeah, however many 400 odd minutes, um, with 1.5 expected goals. That's come from 12 shots. So it, it's not the case that he's had one or two like decent chances, which is massively bolstering or boosting his numbers. He is consistently getting into goal scoring opportunities and good ones at that. And it kind of feels like it's a matter of time until he does score. Um, so Forest Green are a team that I'm very keen on getting with in terms of scoring goals this season. Um, I think McAllister is is definitely due. He's had quite a weird career so far and it hasn't been particularly prolific, which might um, say a bit about his finishing ability where he came through at St Mirren, was bought by Derby for 250 grand and then never played, went back on loan to St Mirren. St Mirren then, then bought him back again. And now he's, he's, he's came into Forest Green um, last summer and didn't really play last season, but he's kind of back and finds himself back in the fold under under horseman and is seemingly putting in some good performances the only my only slight concern i guess is that given that he's not necessarily someone whose um position in the team is like absolutely secure there's every chance that he could get rested at some point but he has played the last five 90s so i'm hopeful that he might um be able to uh that he'll retain his place he had five shots in the 2-1 defeat against doncaster three shots in the in the one nil um win over over sutton he's had uh, 12 shots in the last four games so yeah I mean as I say he's putting the numbers up and the price is still as it is because he's yet to find the back of the net yeah I like it I'm going in league one Jordan Rhodes of Blackpool to score against Barnsley that's at 11 to 4 3.75 with the Betfair Sportsbook I love this <clears throat> not just because Rhodes scored a hat trick last time out but because in the four games he's played so far for Blackpool in League One, he's had 20 shots, uh, four shots on two occasions, six shots on two occasions. And that bodes really well for the team as much as for Rhodes, because he's not the kind of guy that takes a lot of long shots and stat pads that way. He's not the kind of guy that picks up the ball, drifts inside and takes shots having completed a few dribbles. That's not him at all. He has chances created for him. So the fact that he's had 20 shots in four games says to me that this is a really good fit for a team that needed someone like Rhodes. Uh, From the goals that he's scored, four in total, I think we can see that the movement and the finishing is still on point uh, and translates well again to goals at this level where he scored 35 last time uh, about 11 years ago. Uh, And Blackpool, they've created the fourth highest XG uh, in League One. It was finishing that was the issue rather than chance creation. And I think Rhodes is filling that gap quite nicely now. But it's also about Barnsley. I think people might be surprised to hear that they've got the third worst XG against uh, Barnsley in League One. They've got a really gung-ho style that leaves them very open at the back and we've seen them get sliced up uh, by good sides such as Peterborough, such as Portsmouth last midweek. 
they give away a lot of shots, a lot of clear shots. Uh, they've also given away two pens as well for what's that for what that's worth. And, and Rhodes will be on penalties here. And they've got uh, centre back issues. Lopata is injured now, so Collins has to choose between McCart, uh, Jack Shepard, who was playing in the eighth tier last season, Mael Dejavini, who they bought from uh, France, who had a bit of a horror debut against Oxford, Jordan Williams, who's not a natural. Uh, centre-back and Conor McCarthy who's been out for a year with a knee injury but did play in midweek so uh, I think Barnsley are there to be got at I think getting a goal scorer with the pedigree of Rhodes uh, at 11-4 to four is, is more than generous so that's my goal scorer pick Jordan Rhodes all roads lead to Jordan I've been to Jordan it's absolutely an unbelievable place what's your long shot? my long shot is looking as I've kind of keep uh, failing to do um but trying to get against Salford. I don't really understand how I keep getting this so wrong, given how poor they've been. Um, but this time around, they're playing uh, Newport County at home. And Newport are 11-2 to, to beat their minus one. Now, if you look at Newport's uh, games so far this season, they have won three games. And those came against Doncaster, who are currently 19th in the table. They beat them 4-0. They beat Forest Green 3-0 away from home, who are currently 22nd. And they beat Sutton, who are 24th, 3-1. So they've beaten three teams that are currently kind of in that bottom six and they cover the minus one handicap in all of those. Um, their form against teams higher up in the division is not particularly good. I think this might be a side who are basically flat track bullies, which should be enough to kind of keep them safe, but maybe not much else. And Salford are absolutely one of the teams who are um, a flat track at the moment where they've won two games two games a season against Forest Green and Tranmere, but I wouldn't necessarily say that they deserve to win either of those games against two sides who are amongst the poorest in the league. Um, themselves uh, looking at their defeats this season um, Notts County and Grimsby the only two teams who've covered the minus one handicap but you know when you look at the the way that those games have gone Salford have offered absolutely nothing going forward when the scores have been level um, so uh, yeah Newport seemed to me to be a side who have a huge range in performance level but when they get it right are able to put put teams to the sword and are able to kind of press up on their leads rather than sitting on them and that's what we want here. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think anyone who um, subscribes to uh, TLS, the long shot, our kind of betting newsletter, um, who read Nick Goff's piece, um, will understand the massive issues surrounding Salford right now. Uh, and until anything changes, I think we've just got to keep getting against them. I'm definitely not convinced that they should be favourites for this game at all, let alone Newport being kind of 2 to one, nine to 4 that they are. But I think the minus one gives us a, a nice angle in. My long shot is the bet builder on the Leighton Orient game against Fleetwood and it is old friend of the betting show Ruel Satiriu to score first and Leighton Orient to win 1-0 and it's at 55.95 so 55 to 1 real juicy long shot uh, this week I have not had any joy with these yet so let's see how this goes uh, it takes 10 seconds 10 seconds to build the bet builder uh, just click correct score nil one and Ruel Sotiri, first goal scorer. Uh, I think that Orient are a generous price here anyway at Fleetwood. Uh, I think the last few games have been very impressive. Wellens leaning into a slightly more defence-first approach uh, rather than the we're going to try and play you off the park approach. And he's spoken about you know things like winning the duels and earning the right to play. And it's, it's a bit of a removal from, I think, his utopia, uh, but it's appropriate and it's working. And he's found a sort of... Uh, 3-4-2-1 system that's working pretty well uh, as well. I think it's likely to lead to a pretty low margin game. I don't think Fleetwood have shown a huge amount uh, yet under Lee Johnson to suggest they're going to suddenly be a really incredible attacking team. 
So low margin game and I fancy Leighton Orient. So uh, that's where the 1-0 part comes from. And I've spoken about Sotiriou before. His goal against Exeter a couple of weekends ago at 11-2 to was my biggest winner of the season so far. Uh, and he's at 9-2 to to score any time. Uh, 9-1 to to score first here. As I said, he's in the team to score goals and nothing else. That's his role in the team. Wellens really rates him for that because he doesn't necessarily have a ton of natural goal scorers elsewhere. He plays 90 minutes in most games. He's got four goals in nine. And overall in an Orient shirt across his career, 0.41 goals per 90. I feel like that sort of output over a few seasons would normally be respected a little more in the in the uh, goal scorer market. So for him to be out at, at 9-2 anytime, 9-1 first, with six Orient players priced up shorter when I think he's their most likely goal scorer in a game that I think would be decided by the odd, odd goal. Uh, that's led me to this bet builder at 55.95 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And that is Leighton Orient to beat Fleetwood 1-0 and Ruel Sotiriou first goal scorer. Can you tell me your three BTTS picks? No pressure. AFC Wimbledon against Tranmere is the first one. Um, AFC Wimbledon aside who... You know, goals, we know we follow them around. They have the quite handy knack of conceding when ahead, which is quite good for BTTS because that's exactly what you want to happen. Um, I think they're a very good team. Uh, and I think at home to Tranmere, they should really fancy their chances. But BTTS has copped in all of their last five games. And with Tranmere having Mr. Positivity at the helm, um, who, you know, even though they've picked up three, one win and one defeat in his two games in charge, um, Nigel Atkins, they've scored four goals in those two games, having really struggled for goals before that. So maybe he's starting to get a tune with his positivity out of them. Um, Reading against uh, Burton Albion is my next one, where I... I mean, I basically always want to side with goals when it comes to um, Dino Mamre as Burton. I know that hasn't necessarily been the case uh, this season, where, unlike the last campaign, goals haven't really been... uh, well, because of both and haven't necessarily been that common. However, we have seen BTTS cop in their last two. And I'm wondering if in a kind of an attempt to pick up more points after a disappointing start, we're going to see Dino, I hate the term, let the handbrake off in football, but something like that anyway, um, with regards to trying to get them to, to pick up more points. With Reading, you know, we've seen um, against Blackpool last time out, um, defensively, they, they do look a, a little bit... Um, Week their expected goals numbers at both end uh, in September has been pretty high amongst the league's highest, and yeah, I, I think in a in a game between these two sides, defensive issues are, are probably uh, at the core of both of their problems, uh, and therefore we could see an end to end game. And then finally, I'm you know you've had a bet in the early game. I'm going to take our BTTS hacker. Hopefully, if we get the five games up through to Sunday, and it is Blackburn against Leicester. It's a pretty short price, but you can understand why. Uh, you sent me a very good WhatsApp that I've already quoted a couple of times to other people uh, that Blackburn had the highest XG for and against in September. It was a 5-2 game in the Cup um, against Cardiff in midweek as well. To add to that, they're just a, a pure vibes team and we saw what happened in, in Leicester-Southampton when Leicester played against a side who were similarly open and expansive. They just picked them off very easily. Uh, I still think Leicester are, are yet to be kind of massively troubled defensively by a side like this. I think that might change on Sunday. It should be a really good game. I can't see a, a, an eventuality where it's in any way cagey and I think the short price is justified and it's perfect acker fodder. My three on top of that, uh, I'm not going to go into much detail because the really eagle-eared amongst you will have uh, found that I am struggling to speak somewhat uh, with a bit of uh, 
little bit of a bug. Uh, but Peterborough and Bristol Rovers in League One, uh, two very open sides. Wigan against Portsmouth uh, in League One. Wigan much more open than Portsmouth, but I think they can have some joy and Pompey can pick them off as well. Uh, and then Swindon Grimsby in League Two. That's more of a match-up thing. I think the way that Grimsby attack and how good they are at pressing, winning the ball high up the pitch, uh, but also from set-piece situations, I think that can hurt uh, Swindon. So Swindon Grimsby is the third. So uh, the BTTS sixfold. At 25.84 with the Betfair Sportsbook is Blackburn v Leicester on Sunday. In League 1, Peterborough, Bristol Rovers, Wigan, Portsmouth and Reading, Burton. And in League 2, Swindon v Grimsby and Wimbledon v Tranmere. George, would you mind recapping your selections for us? Yeah, the nap is Stockport at 6-5, to five, um, who go to Accrington. Extra 11-10 at home to Northampton's next best. Carl McAllister for Forest Green at 9-2. to two. Is it my anytime goal scorer pick? And Newport County minus one at Salford at 11-2 is my long shot. And for me, it's a Sunderland nap on Friday night at Sheffield Wednesday, 11-8 with the Betfair Sportsbook. My next best is Stockport at 6-5. My goal scorer is Jordan Rhodes at 11-4. And my long shot, Ruel Sotiriou to score first and Leighton Orient to win 1-0 at 55-1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. The BTTS sixfold, as discussed, Blackburn Leicester, Reading Burton, Peterborough Bristol Rovers, Wigan Portsmouth, Swindon Grimsby, Wimbledon Tranmere. Thank you very much to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast and to you for listening. Have a great weekend and go well.